All right, welcome into the first DJ football. He is the NFL Network's Daniel Jeremiah on Twitter at Move the Sticks. I'm Ryan Brown. DJ, welcome in to week one. How pumped are you to get this thing started for real now? I, I'm so pumped, man. And I don't know, like, am I really like this every year? I feel like more excited this year. I, I don't remember a year where it was, especially like we'll get all this stuff, but like quarterback wise, yep. since I've been following, I've never seen it this loaded, specifically in the AFC. But it's there's so many teams that feel like they legit have a shot, man. It's going to be awesome. DJ and I have been friends for a while. We are enemies this week because he does the Chargers <laughs> the games. <laughs> and we got the Dolphins coming to town there. Chargers a slight favorite over the Dolphins. But uh, we'll, we'll somehow fight through that for the next 30 minutes here and be friends. Is that okay? Yeah, we can do that. I Look, I want a high-scoring, fun game where yeah. maybe where Tyreek Hill doesn't pick up a loose ball and circle around everybody and go score (laughs) that was bizarre last year for sure weird play man yeah weird weird play last year uh that'll be one of the many games we talk about today our uh, business each week presented by mybookie.ag code next round when you sign up there uh sign on bonus of any deposit fifty dollars or more of up to two hundred dollars right there at mybookie.ag bet anything anytime anywhere mybookie.ag code next round mybookie.ag code next round it starts thursday night with everybody's off-season darling the detroit lions (laughs) Playing Kansas City news right before you and I taped here involves Travis Kelsey. There was a a slight injury. Andy Reid's kind of playing coy here. That would be a massive development for Kansas City if Travis Kelsey is off the field anytime at all. Yeah, I mean, look, they're looking at their two most impactful players. Take Mahomes, he's his own category all by himself. We all realize that. But defensively with Chris Jones, offensively with Kelsey – they're the two most dynamic players. Now, the only thing I would say on the other side of that is as long as Andy Reid, he doesn't run out of gas in his car on the way to the stadium, and as long as Patrick Mahomes makes it out of the tunnel, it's hard to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And I would say last year, Ryan, that was like the teardown job offense. That yep. was supposed to be what the worst of this offense is going to look like. You know, it was not going to be what it was previously. It's not going to be what it is in the future. That was the teardown year. And with Mahomes on one leg, they were still better than everybody else in the league. So, I, you know, look, you'd love to be at full strength, have those two stars out there. But they played so many young guys in the secondary. I think those guys take a, a big leap forward. They'll be able to kind of make up for the front end with how they are in the back end. And then Mahomes, even without Kelsey, he's he's a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, it's wild. You mentioned Tyreek Hill. It's, Tyreek goes to the Dolphins, and he tears it up down in Miami. And that offense really doesn't miss a beat. And then you've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who you used a first-round pick on, and they're like, yeah, we don't really have to play Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We could play a running back nobody's ever heard of. And mm-hmm. uh, by the way, he'll do just fine. I mean, it is pretty wild to see the way he can take a part and he loses a part and he puts another part in, and that offense always seems like it is clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, and they've got some fun toys to play with, too. You know, Kadarius Tony mm-hmm. getting him, an offseason of him to get him into the mix and – Got to keep him healthy. But then you think about Sky Moore, who we never really got a chance to see everything that he could do last year. We got little sprinkles of it, but I think there's more there. You know, Jarek McKinnon, who they kind of introduced more into the offense as the season wore wore on, what he can do catching the ball out of the backfield. Andy's always going to put players in the best position to make things happen. He's going to have a great game plan. And, I mean, the record of his, which gets brought up every year coming off of a bye, this is the, the opener is like the extended bye. Like, Andy's going to have all kinds of stuff ready to throw at these guys. Uh, Why should I or should I not believe in the Detroit hype as they play this game Thursday night? Why should I buy or sell the Lions? Well, to me, in this game specifically, I buy them having a shot because 
I think there's something to the fact that Jared Goff's went toe to toe, you know, when he was with the Rams mm-hmm. against Mahomes and one of the epic shootouts we've ever seen in this league. So he knows he can he can play that style of game. They've got a creative offensive coordinator who does a really nice job of, of putting them in positions to make things happen. They've got a, they've got a nice young nucleus of talent. Now on the defensive side of the ball, you know, they're young. They've got some, you know, with Hutchinson and and they've got some other good pieces up there in that front seven. I think Aline McNeil is going to have a nice year for them. Um, they've got James Houston. They've, they've got some good young pieces. I, in this game specifically, I just don't know if they're going to be able to slow down Kansas City. I don't think they're there yet defensively. And I think if you take that and look into the, the broad picture here with the big season ahead of them, I think that's some of my s- same concern. You know, Aaron Rodgers is out of the division, but the Packers are still going to be really good with Jordan Love. You know, Minnesota's in, in a really good spot there, even though they won so many close games last year. I think roster-wise – they're they're closing the gap. They're gaining ground. They're an exciting team, but this is uh this might be a, a little bit premature for where people have them at this point in time. I, I do find it interesting though to see how they use Alabama's Jameer Gibbs. They draft him out of Alabama, where Bill O'Brien used him uh, as a very much a professional like running back. Threw the ball to him a lot out of the backfield. He's got good speed, right? You know, pretty good receiver out of the backfield. And so far, Detroit is saying we're going to use him in a lot of ways. He he is a player that they it seems like they can be creative with in that offense as a rookie. Yeah, except punter, right? I think uh, he came out and said he's not going to punt. Not, and then everything punt. else is no. on the table. By the way, fun story with that. I reached out to my buddy, uh, Bob Welton, who uh, works at Alabama and kind of runs their recruiting department, right. runs the show over there. And uh, we have at NFL Network, for all of us that are involved in the draft, and it's producers, everybody that is behind the scenes, all of us, you know, we have a college fantasy league. And uh, so I sent him a text, and we can pick anybody. And it's a good way to just right. familiarize yourself right, with right. different players. So I said, hey, which Alabama running back should I take? And he writes back, Gibbs. I go, no, dummy. I don't need an NFL running back. I need who's going <laughs> to carry the ball for the Crimson Tide. Uh, he never got back to me on that. So anyways, yeah, but he was right, very yeah. excited, very excited about Gibbs. But, yeah, um, yeah they're going to be able to have fun with him. I mean, he well, you go back and watch him at Georgia Tech before he even got to Alabama, watching him return kicks, watching him catch the ball to the backfield. I picked him, you know, I might even, we might even have said it on the show last year. He was my, you know, preseason favorite to win the Heisman. I thought he, yeah, you did say that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a big believer in his skill set and they'll unlock that and have fun with him. And Sam Laporte is another one too. They've got a a rookie tight end who's got a chance to be a really good player. So I I love the Lions in terms of their youth. They're exciting. They're going to be a fun watch. I just think sometimes with these young, talented teams, maybe, you know, let's be a little more patient before the expectations get out of control. Our show each week presented by MyBookie.ag, code next round. Also, Lance'sLock.com, where you get all the plays for this upcoming NFL weekend. He's been red hot in football. They've got daily, weekly, monthly packages, season-long packages, Lance'sLock.com, and play those plays at MyBookie.ag, code next round. That is MyBookie.ag, code next round. All right, so you mentioned that division with Detroit, and that leads us into our first uh, discussion here on best division, worst division. Uh, Best division, you would go where in the NFL this year? I'll go. I think I'm going to go AFC for both. So I'll go okay. AFC North, uh, best division. I think the difference between the whoever finishes first in the AFC North and whoever finishes fourth is there, there's not much distance to travel there. Um, you know, when you look at Cleveland, if I told you Cleveland won that division with you yeah. know Deshaun Watson bouncing yeah. back, playing a little better, good offensive line, Chubb in the backfield, Miles Garrett, Jim Schwartz coming over as a DC, like I can make the case Cleveland can win that division. Obviously, Cincinnati's been the best team in that division, and you've got perennial 
playoff teams, you know, teams that are always good, don't have bad years. Mike Tomlin doesn't have losing records and, and John Harbaugh doesn't lose much. So you've got Lamar coming back healthy, Pickett in the second year. Like you just shake up that division and you could say, you can make a case for any of those four teams to win it, any of the four teams to finish last. So to me, I think that's, that's going to be a division that has multiple playoff teams. And they're clearly to me, the obvious pick is the best division. Yeah, and, and you know, Lamar Jackson, it's a guy, really the only knock on Lamar Jackson is his postseason record. I mean, the guy has played, he's been an MVP, and he's played to an MVP level in years where he hasn't won that award. And the one thing you could point at that basically has come up short on is he has not performed well in the postseason. But to your point, they're a perennial postseason team, so he's going to get plenty of chances. And yeah. you just got to think one day he's going to break through in the postseason. And they've needed to give him some more help, you know. Yeah. And I was there for one of those losses when, when the Chargers didn't literally did not dress a linebacker. You know, they didn't play a linebacker <laughs> against him. They played all DBs. And some for some reason, Baltimore decided they wanted to throw it all over the lot um, when they didn't have nearly the talent they need on the outside to get that done. And the Chargers got out of there with a win. Um, but that's why, to me, I'm still – I'm curious to see what it looks like. I think it's the best receiving group he's ever played with uh, since he's been in the league. I think Zay Flowers got a chance to be a real stud, uh, the rookie out of Boston College. You know, they've got tight ends. Their offensive line's in good shape. They have more things in front of him and around him than he's ever had before. I just hope that they don't, they don't completely flip who they are and what they're about because I still think physicality, being able to run the football, and then using the pass game to complement that is, is the way to go. If they want to just go out there and chuck and duck, I, I just – I worked there. It doesn't matter. It hasn't changed over the last 25 years. They win when they're the physical Baltimore Ravens. That's just right. that's how they've always been. So on, on Cincinnati, I do want to ask you this question just from a roster perspective because it's about time all these guys get their big payday, right? Jamar Chase yeah. has been really good. Joe Burrow's been really good. T. Higgins. But you know how it works in the NFL on the business side, DJ. You can't keep all those guys. I mean, is the clock ticking a little bit here for them because the – possibility of them paying Joe Burrow what he's going to demand in the quarterback market, Jamar Chase what he'll demand in the receiver market, and T. Higgins is a number two receiver who could be a number one probably in some places. Is it realistic to think you could keep all of them together and pay them what they are are, are valued at the open market? I think you can pay those those guys. I mean, look, obviously the first one is they got to get Burrow done, and the sooner yeah. they get that done, the better for multiple reasons. Number one, you can you know you can tack these years on, so you have more room to be able to spread that money out, which will give you a little more space and room. The more you wait, the less years you have to yeah. play with in order to add on to that. So there's motivation from that standpoint. The other motivation is look at these things, look at these contracts, man. Like this ain't going down, and I don't see his play getting any worse. So right. that price is only going to go up. There's multiple reasons that, you know, look, as we're recording this, there's nothing done. But if 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 we ended up getting to Saturday and then you end up hearing that Joe Burrow contract got done before the season started, I don't have any insider information there. I'm just saying from a logical standpoint, right. I would not be surprised if they tried to get that uh, accomplished. But I still think you could get the receivers done. But it's like anything, it's going to come at a cost. You know, you're going to have to make up for it with cheap players elsewhere. And that means hitting on draft picks, particularly hitting on, you know, third, fourth, fifth round picks that you can start at some of these other positions. But I think that's so much their identity of who they are as a team. They're going to say, okay, you know, Joe Mixon, we, you know, we, we figured out a way to make this work next year, but on into the future, like we can't afford to be paying a running back. We're going to have to go cheap there. You know, maybe some of these, you know, you're going to have a corner walk out of the building. You're going to have a guard walk out of the building, but I think that offense and that team is built around the quarterback and the receivers. I think they'll, they'll find a way to keep that group together. 
All right, we're not idiots here. If the AFC North is the best division and the worst division is the AFC, why is the AFC South the worst division in football this year? Yeah, that was not I, – I love how you put that riddle together. That was pretty tricky. Yeah. Uh, I went to Jacksonville State, but I'm smarter than most people. There you go. Uh, by the way, how did you guys do this this last week? Uh, Jacksonville State, um, you know what? We played a week zero game where it was a billion degrees. I don't know if you uh-huh. have to watch that. Did not see it. Yeah, you didn't see that one? Did yeah. we win? Did we win? Yeah, yeah, we won. Gus we Bradley's won. kid's down there, right? Uh, Gus Bradley's kid's playing at oh, South, South Alabama. Alabama. He's yeah, at he's South the starting South. quarterback in South Alabama. Yeah, that's where my daughter's going yeah. to school. And I'm like, right. actually, we were watching them lose to Tulane Saturday, and I was explaining to her that it's Gus. They kept showing Gus Bradley was at the game. Yeah, there you go. Gus is a great dude. Um, yeah. My my Mountaineers, by the way, didn't look great against uh, against Gardner Webb. I, I, I did notice that, another by day. the way, yeah. Uh, but back to your questions, the AFC South is the Jags and – Everybody else? Yeah, that's. I was thinking of a really nice way to put that. But um, the interesting thing is I would say I would rather be Indianapolis and uh, Houston than Tennessee, but Tennessee will be better than those two teams this year. But Tennessee is feels like they have an aging group. Right. It's not good enough to compete at the high level in the conference. Um, it's not, I don't see them being a playoff team. But there's too many you know quality veteran players for them to finish – you know, towards the, the very bottom. So I think they're going to be the number two team in that division. I don't, you know, I don't know if they get over 500 and then you're just going to have the growing pains with the two rookie quarterbacks in Indy and Houston. I, I, you know, I think that CJ has a little more around him in Houston and uh, a little more infrastructure in place. And I, I think with Bryce, while I like Bryce the best of all these rookie quarterbacks, he's in the toughest spot, even having Frank, who's an unbelievable play caller and, and offensive uh, designer and he's great with quarterbacks they've got josh mccown there i love that side of it they just don't have enough playmakers they're not great up front along the offensive line so i think it could be a long year in carolina um so it, it feels like a one team division yeah so uh, bo- i mean in carolina over on the nfc side of that um i mean that was a team that almost oh, sorry I went, I went afc to nfc the, on here. I, I, I noticed that but you, you were just sorry about that. you were lumping together i'm thinking of the colts rookies. i'm thinking that we got so many rookie quarterbacks i was thinking yeah. so of, anthony uh, richardson colts and colts so I, yeah i'll, I'll come back to i'll come out of bryce young so anthony richardson with the colts who is a guy in leading up to the draft i think on our show you said the gap between his good film and his bad film oh, is one oh. of the biggest gaps you've ever seen no it's you could make him look like the best player in the draft by far <laughs> and you could have made him look like a six round pick. Yeah. So, you know, that to me is why I'm, I'm, he's going to be a curious watch. He's going to be somebody that I'm intrigued to see each and every week because I think the plan should be rely heavy on the legs, limit what he has to do in a pure drop back game early on. If you watch the preseason, he was way more comfortable on play action, RPOs, boots. Um, just get him in that mindset, in that framework. We're going to run the ball, run the ball play action, RPO, zone read, like that, that's going to be how he has success. But if you're going to use him in just a pure drop back game, it's, he's going to struggle. He's just not ready from that, even from just a mechanical standpoint in his lower body, uh, you know, footwork wise, there's a lot of, a lot of work to be done there. So um, see, I've got so many rookie quarterbacks jostling around in my head, but, uh, but that oh, really? I would, I would say with that, I, I do think, you know, in this division, it's all going to be about not going to be about wins for, for those teams with Houston uh, and with Indy. It's just are is your quarterback getting better and making progress throughout the year? Yeah, I, I don't want to I don't want to pick a scab here, but, you know, you yeah. were there for the Chargers collapse at Jacksonville and then Jacksonville goes and loses to Kansas City. It, so you saw them in the postseason last year and you saw Trevor Lawrence look like a quarterback that was not at all ready for the postseason in one half. 
and they look like a quarterback to play in the Super Bowl in the second half. Can they take that next step forward in the postseason? Are they that good, or are they just win that division and make the playoffs good, you think? I think the offense can carry them to the playoffs. Um, I still think defensively – I'm not, you know, I'm not in love with that group, but they do have some young guys and we'll see when we see a different Trayvon Walker this next year, you know, they've got Chad Muma is a good young player. Devin Lloyd's a good young player. Those guys all have to take pretty good leaps for them to be, you know, a, a team defensively that can match where they are offensively to make a, a true deep, deep run in the, pol- the playoffs. But Calvin Ridley coming in there is legit. He's been awesome in the off season and training camp. I've heard nothing but great things. He's a number one, so you already had a pretty good skill position group, and he just slots right at the top, takes pressure off everybody else, so that's huge. And the other one who's who's I drafted all my fantasy leagues because of of what I've heard coming out of there was Tank Bigsby, who I liked a lot at Auburn. Oh wow, He's yeah. had a great camp, and I, I would not be surprised if at the end of the year, um, you know, as much as much ability as Travis Etienne has, I, I think Bigsby's a better runner. If Bigsby ended up having more stats and a better year. Uh, then ETN, I would not be surprised. Wow, that's a big statement because ETN was so good for them last year. But He's just Tank more Bigsby physical. played. Yeah. yeah, that that's the thing when you watch Bigsby in college and you know this. He played in poor offenses behind really not a very good mm-hmm. offensive line. So I don't know that we've seen the best of Tank Bigsby. Yeah, and to me, you know, it, it obviously was a mistake when Urban Meyer tried was talking about. Oh, we're going to make ETN a slot receiver. He can do right. a lot of those things. I think to me, if you look at having the different running backs. To me, it's you have your your meat and potatoes guy who can handle the bulk, and then you have your your sprinkle in, move him around, uh, running back who's I don't want to use change of pace. That's kind of insulting, but just I think that's going to be the role that ETN serves. I think Bigsby can handle more touches. I think he gives him more physicality, and I think once you get inside the ten, I think his running style actually is is going to be more conducive than uh, than ETN's get that thing in. Wow, uh, we were going to cover a fantasy sleeper. Later on, maybe we'll get another one. Because I had him written down. Yeah, okay. I had I had him written down. If you want to jump the order, I can do it right now. And tell no, you no, 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 no. We'll come back. Uh, to that. That's I'm, a good tease. We can go wherever you need to go. No, we like to tease here. Uh, coming up, a non-quarterback MVP. A reminder: DJ Football presented by MyBookie.ag. Code next round when you sign on there at MyBookie.ag. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with them. With the NFL season coming up and starting Thursday night, you can play all those games right there at MyBookie.ag and use the code next round at MyBookie.ag. For that sign-on bonus uh, up to $200 for any initial deposit of $50 or more. Also, we're clothed by Roback, Roback.com, TNR20. Saves you 20% on your first order. Great clothing on the hoodies and the golf shirts. They're at Roback.com, TNR20. All right, so the quarterback always has the advantage in the MVP. That's clear. You're just talking about Mahomes and, you know, um, you know maybe Trevor Lawrence if Jacksonville has a year. But I want a non-quarterback MVP. Give me a guy that could win the MVP that is not a quarterback this year. All right. I'm, I've fudged. I'm going to give you two. Um, okay. So, and I'll be called a homer on this one. I fully no, get it. No. Austin Eckler has been a touchdown machine for two years. Right? The only thing was the team didn't have the performance that they needed to get him more attention for what he did. So if the Chargers somehow were to be able to get around the Kansas City Chiefs, win that division, they have a roster I think that's capable of doing it. But let's say they go, you know, win 13 games and Eckler has another 20 touchdown season. I think he would get some consideration now. Probably be hard because if they have that type of year, Herbert is going to be torn uh, it up. Yeah, is going to be in that discussion. So, but if I'm going non-quarterbacks, he would be the first one I would think of just because he's put up the numbers. Uh, The second one I'll give you that's maybe a little more, you know, maybe a little bit more out of left field if you look at the jets and if they take the leap 
Garrett Wilson is a freak. He mm-hmm. is a freak talent. Who the numbers as the offensive rookie of the year last year were impressive. The the gap between who was throwing him the ball last year to who's throwing him the ball this year and the lack of like a legit number two option. They've got some solid players, and you know he gets his old buddies out there and Lazard and, and Cobb. But the gap between Garrett Wilson and everybody, every other target in the passing game is immense. And he's already got the trust of the quarterback. So if the Jets have a big turnaround season and Garrett Wilson has a monster year, he gets his name in the mix. But Ryan, it, there's a reason why this doesn't happen because. If he does that, Aaron Rodgers is going to get the MVP. Yeah, yeah. In a sense, it might be easier on Garrett Wilson for this reason: is it's expected out of Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. Not that it's not expected out of Herbert. Rodgers has played to an elite level, so yeah. for Aaron Rodgers to be an MVP, he has to be better than Aaron Rodgers has been for a number of years. So there is a chance. I, I would say of those two, Garrett Wilson might have an easier chance of winning it because of that. You know, Herbert's never won the MVP. So if Herbert plays to that level, he probably – it's almost like we talk about with Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year almost always goes to the guy that surprises you, not the guy that goes, you know, 12-0 in college or 16-1. Yeah, yeah, 14-2 every year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I expect it out of him, right? Yeah. So, yeah, of those two, and I love those two picks, Garrett Wilson might be the guy. But to your point, there's a reason it's always the quarterback because anybody you make a case for, anybody you make a case for. Now, I would say the most impactful guy that I didn't mention is if you go to the defensive side of the ball, if ever somebody, you know, would warn it, Micah Parsons, if they they overtake the Eagles and he has – I mean, he has the ability – to have like a season that we haven't seen before. Like if you said, is a player, is there, is it possible for a player to have 20 sacks, you know, four interceptions, you know, three or four touchdowns? Like that's he, that's possible. Now, it obviously would be the home run of all home run seasons, but he has that crazy type of ability. But he's a guy like, like if, if the Cowboys had a rash of defensive injuries in a single game, mm-hmm. he could play how many defensive positions like and get by. I mean, he's too undersized to play an yeah. interior lineman. Outside of the two, outside of the two D tackle spots, he could he could play every other position. It's crazy. Spots. It's crazy. The crazy thing it? is, I yeah. see it in the same thing with Derwin James. Like, right. if you told me Derwin, I've seen Derwin James, and we'll see it, and he'll have snaps where he'll get Tyree Kill. Like he'll have snaps where he'll match up with Tyree Kill in coverage, and there'll be snaps where he's rushing off the edge and rushing against the tackle. Like those guys are, they're freaks, man. Absolute freaks. I mean, it's, and it's, it's just insane to watch that. It's like a, you know, the, the opposite of that is like an Aaron Donald and a a Christian Wilkins and people like that that are that big, but they are so good sideline to sideline. You're like, how can you be that big and that fast and that nimble? I mean, that's just not fair. And Micah Parsons is that way. He's that big and he could cover that much ground. It's really not fair. He ran the four threes. No, it's insane at that size. Talking about like what well, that's yeah. just not that's not normal. And you watch him move, and that's why I know people probably listen to this or watching this saying, but really, Micah Parsons can play corner. He's as fast as all the best corners in the NFL. Like that's not, and he's in a two hundred and whatever forty something pound package. That's ridiculous. Yeah, while we're in that division, you were just talking about the Cowboys and the Eagles. It's always a fascinating division, the NFC East. We get a, we get a steady diet of it on the primetime games, and that will not change for the first Sunday night game on NBC when we get Giants and Cowboys. Um, I, I liked what the Giants did last year, just a, a solid football team. Daniel Jones just played solid football. Brian Dable, you know, uh, had a nice debut. They made the playoffs. They got beat. 
um, eventually. But I like that Giants team. Is that a team that could take a step forward, or did we see the best of the Giants last year? I had a talk with uh, with Coach Dayball at the Senior Bowl, kind of just congratulating him on the year, you know, playoff team. You know, it's a pretty incredible turnaround. And he made a point, and I won't use the language that he used, but about how something, something slow they were uh, right. last year. And they spent the whole offseason adding speed. And it starts with Darren Waller. Think about Jalen Hyatt. Um, they they have gotten a lot faster on that offense. So I think adding some an explosive element to that is huge for them. They kind of had to, you know, move the runners over, so to speak, to uh, to score last year. I think this year they'll be able to get some more chunks. So I think they're going to be a better team. The question is, you know, you get in, you know, some, the close games they were in, you know, break here or there. Does that all fall their way? I still feel like, you know, maybe this is an eleven. You know, if everything goes great, I think this is an eleven win team. Um, I think they're going to be too tough and too physical to, you know, to win fewer than you know eight games so i think that's their that's their window i always kind of look at these teams at this time of year and say okay what's the range this feels like an eight to eleven win team to me yeah philadelphia is obviously the team to beat in that division and and for that matter in the nfc jalen hurts his progression from year to year last year was incredible and I don't, he can't grow that much more. He'll be the best quarterback to have ever played the game. Can he sustain that level of play? I think is the question. The guy, I mean, from, from the loss to Tampa in the playoffs yeah. where he looked so pedestrian, so outmatched to the way he played last season was just an incredible transformation. Yeah. It looked like he was the guy who was going to hold them back. Yeah. To all of a sudden you flip the calendar and you're like, man, can they, if he could just get everybody else to his level, this team's going to be unstoppable. It was right. his improvement from the beginning, the first time I saw him in college to where he is now. I've never seen a player make that improvement. I was there at one of their first training camp practices his rookie year. And while they didn't say it, the looks did say it of, uh oh, we, I can't believe we just took this guy in the second round. Like that was kind of the vibe. But I just, the one thing that was constant was, in talking to guys in that building, and I love this story about him, and you probably knew this about him going all the way back to college. He shows he literally owns a briefcase. He showed up to the facility every day with a briefcase, was the first one in there, and when the coaches are the last ones in the building and it's 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, Jalen Hurts is still in the room watching watching video. Like He literally is self-made, and I know I give a lot of credit to his dad as a son of a coach, and the the mentoring he got from from Saban as well as you know at Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley, but this guy is self made. I mean, he just he just willed himself to be better. And I you could say okay, he can't make the same leap. That's impossible. I don't think he's his, I don't think he's reached his his ceiling. I think he works so dang hard. And his now you know in football at quarterback position in the NFL, much of it is about your catalog of your knowledge base. You know, like that's how. If you look at how, gosh, how did Tom play as well as he did late in his in his career? How did guys like Phillip and Roethlisberger uh, and these guys have success as their skills eroded because their catalog of seeing different defenses and having different answers to every problem that they give you, it's having the answers to the test. And a lot of times guys don't get that knowledge until their skills have eroded. Maybe there's that sweet spot where they intersect. I, mean, I think we saw that with Aaron Rodgers where, man, all of a sudden he had all the knowledge. He still had the ability. And then you get off the charts elite quarterback play. I, I think that Jalen's just getting all that knowledge now. So I, I think there is another level for him. And by all accounts, he's uh, he's continued to improve. Yeah, good for him. I, the first time I saw him play 
the first season I saw him play at Alabama, I remember uh, someone calling our show talking about him as an NFL quarterback. <laughs> All right, this guy's not an NFL. He could be a really good college quarterback. He ain't playing in the NFL. Yeah. And now he's he's playing at an MVP level. It's it's really Crazy. incredible. And it started, you know, it started his I saw flashes of it his last year at Alabama when he was backing up Tua. And um, a lot of credit went to Dan Enos, who was mm-hmm. the quarterback's coach that year. He was not the coordinator, but he was the quarterback's coach. And uh, he got a lot of credit for his work with Hertz, but you could see it when he would come in and mop up time. And then when he had to replace Tungavaloa in the SEC championship game, I mean, he led Alabama to a victory. He didn't just come in and manage the game. He yeah. made plays and you, you could already see it changing. And of course it went to the next level with Lincoln Riley. Yeah, no, he's again, and it's having the right people around you for sure, but he doesn't get anywhere near where he is right now without just an insane, insane work ethic. And that's why yeah. it's, it's the hardest position to evaluate, you know, when I get into the spring, into the draft, it's like you can watch the video and you can say that he does this well, it doesn't do this well. I think he'll get better at that. That's going to be difficult. But unless you know how the guy's wired and what the work ethic is like, we have, you know, that's, that's the secret sauce. That's the great indicator. Yeah. Do you know, is it one of the briefcases that's got the dials and the little, the I hope little so with the combination, yeah. maybe, yeah. You know, yeah, you I used to have one of those gold, like the gold, yeah. you know, the yeah. black leather, yeah. then the gold. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you felt like a, yeah. I mean, you buddy, when you pop that thing, I mean, you yeah. felt and, like, and, and all you want to do is take monopoly money and just stack it up so you can flip right. it around and open it up. And then right. like, I don't know if you watch Seinfeld, but Kramer had saltines in his. <laughs> Did he? Oh, nice. I love yeah. Seinfeld, but I do not remember that episode. Yeah, That's so what's in the briefcase? It goes crackers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MyBookie.ag, code next round when you sign up at MyBookie.ag. All the NFL games coming up this weekend right there and the college games at MyBookie.ag, code next round to get that sign-on bonus uh, up to $200 for any initial deposit of $50 or more. MyBookie.ag, code next round. All right. You gave us Tank Bigsby. You drafted Tank Bigsby yeah, on your team because you heard the rookie could play. But I've asked you for fantasy sleepers. I'm assuming that's not even the sleeper you had in mind. Well, I told you that Tank was my sleeper, but yeah. I I didn't tell you which Tank. So I can go Tank Dell as my sleeper. I can go double Tanks. If you want to get two Tanks in your fantasy draft, go ahead and do it. I took I took both of them. So I need to come up with a – what you got a name for me, a fantasy name that I could play off of Tanks? Oh man! Happy Thanksgiving. I, I don't know. I could go anyway, anywhere you want to go there. But uh, Tank Dell, all he did at Houston was put up monster numbers, and then he tests like a freak. You know, you just watch him move around like he, and nobody could cover him in the preseason. Yeah. So at some point in time, it's like, well, are we going to continue to punish this guy for being little? Nobody can cover him. Um, and I think he has the the confidence of his quarterback and CJ Stroud there in Houston. So uh, I went double tanks. Um, tanks for everything. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Tank. Uh, well, if you had Derek Carr, you could go thank you, Carr. Like you could do that, yes. Card, yes, but, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm trying we'll to workshop that. Any ideas yeah. anybody has, they can throw yeah. them out there for yeah, us. Drop those, uh, drop those to us. Tanks for the memories. Um, you know, anything you throw your tanks. Oh, yeah, tanks like for the victories. Tanks for the victories. Yes. Ah, go through tanks. Nice. I mean, I mean, rarely do you have an opportunity to draft two tanks on a fantasy. When does that ever happen? I, I, I can't think of a time. So I'm glad you were able to do that. Uh, so Tank Dell and Tank Bigsby, yeah. your two fantasy sleepers. Those are my two sleepers. I took Ridley pretty early. You know, I think he's going to have a monster year. I don't know, you know, how the value shakes out. Uh, take Luke Musgrave late, the tight end from from Green Bay. You can get him late. He's got a chance to be a really good player. They have confidence in him from a coaching standpoint, and it seems like Jordan Love has really bought into him there. Uh, so that's another one that I really liked. Uh, 
you know, I'll give you one on the Chargers side of the things, just being around them as much as I am. Uh, Joshua Kelly is kind of the clear number two uh, guy to to Austin Eckler, who had a he had a really good camp. So if something were to happen to Eckler, you could be have a nice little lottery ticket with him. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a very, it's a, I'm very thankful for this, uh, for this fantasy team. That I have. <laughs> very well played. Uh, you mentioned Bryce Young earlier and you said, yeah. you think, you know, what division is he in again, by the way, where do they in, play? He's in the NFC South, Dang. the NFC South. Not the AFC when did South. the Panthers move to the NFC? Uh, it, when did that it's happen? baffling. It's baffling. I think roughly the year they came into the NFL. So, uh, in the NFC South, this is a team that almost made the playoffs. I mean, like everybody yeah. in that division was in the contention in the last weekend for the playoffs. Everybody was like seven and 10 at the end of this. So you go and get the first pick and you were almost to the playoffs last year. Yet you think maybe they take a small step backwards. Is it just because he's a rookie? Well, I mean, they traded their best receiver in order to get him. I know like, that's I a know. part of the equation there. <laughs> he's got to uh, have somebody to throw to, right? Yeah. So well, I, I mean, mean, I mean, come on, Adam Thielen. What is he? Seventy? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, well, yeah. That's that's really exciting. Yeah. No, to me, that's like, dude, <laughs> why aren't you excited? You just, you just, I just bought you the nicest steak ever. Yeah, but you sold the stove. How do you want me to cook this <laughs> yeah, thing? Yeah, I can't grill uh, this thing. So yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. That that would uh, that would be the issue I have is I just don't think they're great up front offensively. And I think when you look at the weaponry around him, I just don't think it, you know, it, it really gets you excited. If, if I look at things from a scouting standpoint of if you're playing the Carolina Panthers, who's the guy you circle and be like, okay, don't let this guy beat you. Like this is, this guy can really hurt us. I don't think they have that guy. So that, that to me is why I worry about them. And then it didn't help in the first preseason game. We saw the jets hit him about 50 times in that game. Yeah. Um, so that's somewhere in the back of my head. So Tampa is getting ready for the draft. The other two teams of that division, though, I find fascinating. Atlanta has every weapon in the world yeah. on offense except for a quality quarterback. Um, they are really good at receiver. I love Drake London. Bijan Robinson has an opportunity to be a star at running back of this league. Um, but I don't know that they've got anybody that could consistently get it to those guys. Yeah, I love Kyle Pitts, too. Yeah. Know? I'm hopeful to see him for a full 17 weeks, see what he can do. Um it's the it's it's a grand experiment because they have they have the capabilities of doing what we've talked about for several years now of where the league is going to go to positionless players where it's stupid to even put a running back or a wide receiver designation on these guys they're interchangeable you can move them around however you want they can literally do that with with their skill position throw pits in there as well you can move him anywhere um, so Arthur Smith's gonna have fun with all these toys Desmond Ritter TBD I don't know I mean I, I can say you know. Yeah, I just don't have a lot of confidence there, but we we just don't know. Like, I, I don't know what he's going to look like. I don't think he'll have a ton of pressure on him. I think they're going to be able to bake in a lot of easy completions for him. You've got a basketball team out there. You're, you know, pinpoint accuracy is not necessary when you're throwing to Drake London and Kyle Pitts uh, down the field. So, I don't know on that one. I think they're in, they're a fun watch. Again, I kind of if you want to put teams in different categories, like the Colts with with Richardson, that's a fun watch. Uh, the, the Atlanta Falcons with all these skill position players, that's a fun watch. The offensive line's good, uh, so they're fine there. I just, again, I feel like this is a team that's been looking for pass rush for, what, 15 years? Yeah. And they just never been able to nail that down. So the best quarterback in that division, or at least the most accomplished quarterback in that division, is obviously Derek Carr in yeah. New Orleans, which probably, in my eyes at least, makes them the favorite in that division. Yeah. I think that's a no-brainer. I, I think they're clearly the team to beat in the division. It feels like, to me, 
you look at the Saints and the experience they have at the most important position. Um, the defense, even though it's a little bit old, is still really good, uh, and they're good up front. So, I, I think they're the they're the you know they're the favorite, so to speak. But I think if you're asking me, if somebody you know if somebody owned a controller and you tell me I get to watch the Saints or the Falcons every week, I think I'd rather watch the Falcons, even no, me though too. I mean maybe the Saints are a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with you there. We haven't talked a whole lot about the NFC West. So let's, I mean, Arizona, another team that looks like they're getting ready for the draft. The Rams are, I guess, somewhat interesting. But then you've got San Francisco and Seattle. Seattle, a team that did what Pete Carroll does. They made the playoffs. They made it on the Mm -hmm. last Sunday of the season. Uh, They get into the playoffs last year. And, I mean, Geno Smith played really good football. Probably the best football Geno Smith has played in the NFL. But I question, can Geno Smith do that for another season? That's a legit question. I mean, they got him another weapon uh, with Jackson Smith and Jigba to throw into the slot there. Again, easy completions. So they've got a good receiving core. I think those two bookend tackles that were rookies last year, I think maybe the narrative got a little carried away that they played, you know, to unbelievable level. They were good. They were up and down. Um, Hopefully they get a little more stability there and they they get a little more consistent performance out of those two guys with Lucas and Cross. But, um, you know, defensively, Witherspoon's missed some time with injury, um, and, you know, in the run up to the season. I, I'm excited. I loved him coming into the draft corner at, a, at a Illinois. I think you got Reek Wallen on one side, him on the other. They got a chance to be you know, much, uh, much improved in the back end. I just, to me, I, the gap between them and San Francisco is still big. I, I just think San Francisco with their defensive front, I think that's a mismatch for them. I, I think they can get after them. And with Gino, you, you asked the question. I mean, God, that was unbelievable level he played at last year with poise, accuracy, uh, you know, just kind of a calmness to him. And we hadn't really seen it before. So yeah. uh, I, I think a lot of people have just kind of assume that that's who he is now and that's what we get. I, I'm a, I'm going to re- reserve judgment a little bit and hold off on that one. I did have two things for you on those other two teams, though, because I was talking about this the other day. Um, if you're looking at slogans for seasons, you know, Dion's got the we coming. Um right. You, you know, if it, if not now, or, you know, uh, why not us, you know, if, right, right, you know right. all the different, everybody has a yeah. slogan, right? I yeah. think uh, USC's was the longer it goes, the better we get because they lost games late. In it. Okay. So if you're the Atlanta Falcons, like, do you just hang the banner and, and it just says with the first pick, like just that's our slogan. <laughs> that's our slogan. Feel the excitement. Like, how do they not have the first pick? I don't know how. I don't know how. And then that's so that's that side of it. And then if you look at the Rams, I don't know if they do they do programs anymore. But if you did hypothetically sell programs as you enter the stadium, they should set the record because nobody knows who any of these guys are. No, no way Rams point, fans yeah. even know who these guys are. Yeah. So with Arizona, with the first pick, I mean, normally you go quarterback there, and obviously Caleb Williams is going to be a, a you know a hot commodity. Mm-hmm. But they do there have is no this but. There, there is no but. They've got this contract with a quarterback that's that. a fairly sizable contract. They can't what do play you do him. With they can't, he can't get well, hurt. As long, as long as he doesn't get – as long as they, they keep him on ice and he doesn't get hurt this year, they can get out of that at a, at a decent at a okay. decent cost. Okay. So now he goes out and plays and gets hurt, and they're on the guarantees for injury. They're, I mean, Mike Lombardi did a full breakdown on this the other day, right. and he kind of explained it better than I can. But there's a way – they're they're not passing on a generational quarterback because Kyler Murray's on the roster. That's there's no chance. I mean, we're yeah. we, we are we haven't even started the season yet. Look at us. We're already to the end of the season the and, and going yeah. what they're going to do in the draft. But no, you don't you don't pass on those. You don't pass okay. on guys like that. But but on San Francisco, is it legitimate to question 
that they played a quarterback last year that 32 NFL teams for six rounds didn't want, and finally mm-hmm. one team in the seventh round took him. I mean, I know that doesn't mean he's going to be bad, but it is or, or always be bad. He could be great, but it is legitimate to say, did he just catch lightning in a bottle in one year? Can they win 17 for 17 games? Can they win 13 or 14 games with Brock Purdy at quarterback? I just look at it from this standpoint. Like, I don't think every quarterback fits what Kyle Shanahan wants. And obviously, we got a great example of that with Trey Lance, where the talk had been, okay, system quarterbacks are great. They can take you so far, but you haven't been able to ultimately win a championship because there's those two or three plays you need to make off the script, you know, on your own, create things, make things happen. And you you need a guy that can do that. So it's like, okay, we're going to draft somebody like Trey Lance. Kyle's going to change his offense, build it more around Trey's skill set. And then once Trey got hurt, he paused that project and then went back to a guy who fits his old program. And it's like, wait a second, this actually, this works pretty good. So why am I trying to learn all this new software when the old software I got works because I've got a guy who, who's, who's skilled in that. And I think that's with Brock Purdy. Like, do you take Brock Purdy and drop him in with, you know, you can name the team. Like he goes to the Green Bay Packers. Does he look like this? If he goes to, um, you know, if he goes to the Chicago Bears, are we going to see elite no. quarterback? No chance. No. But his skill set and his strengths marry perfectly with the way Kyle Shanahan coaches the position and what he wants out of the position. Yeah, I mean, a great defense with a player like Debo Samuel with you or a player like George Kittle with you, and then they go get him Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of quarterbacks that would succeed in that situation. Yeah. No, yeah, I think I oh, I agree with that. But I also think Kyle Kyle wants somebody who sees it exactly the same way that he sees it. So right. he'll forego some of the arm strength, he'll forego, you know, some of the maybe the size or athleticism. His biggest thing is I need you to see it like I see it. And I think they have the same set of eyes. Um, are you I am not in the school that thinks all you have to do is take Sean Payton and drop him in Denver and magically all the offensive issues are going to be gone from last year. I think Sean Payton is obviously a good offensive coach. He does not work miracles. And that was a bad offense last year. How much better can Russell Wilson and the Denver offense be with Sean Payton? They're not going to be worse. Start there. No, it's, it's hard I, I th- to be worse. I think I could coach them and they wouldn't be worse. Let's start there. So obviously you're going to see improvement. I think Garrett Bowles coming back healthy is a big thing. I think the offensive lines, they, they added some pieces there as well. They'll be better up front. Javante Williams was a huge loss for them. I don't I, I think the offense will be better. I think those expecting to see this, you know, MVP level play from Russell Wilson, I don't think that's happening. I think this offense is going to run through the run game. I don't think Sean Payton loves the receiving group that he has at this point in time. I mean, you heard all darn near all their names mentioned in trade talks in, in the mm-hmm. offseason. So I still think they have work to do to build out their passing game, but I think there's some good pieces in place on defense. I think Russ will be a little bit better, and I don't think they'll be a Russ dependent team like they were last year. All right. One bold prediction from Daniel Jeremiah coming up in a moment. A reminder DJ football. Presented by MyBookie.ag, code next round. MyBookie.ag, code next round. When you sign up, you get that sign-on bonus with any initial deposit of $50 or more. A bonus of up to $200. MyBookie.ag, code next round. And also Lance'sLock.com. Lance's been on fire early on in college football. Now the NFL's about to be added to the mix. So jump on now with daily packages, weekly packages, monthly packages. Lance Taylor making picks for years. 58% last year, which was really, really good against the spread. You can uh, get those at lanceslock.com. See subscription information there at lanceslock.com. 
All right, let's close this out with one bold prediction for this upcoming NFL season. It kicks off Thursday night with Detroit and Kansas City, and your bold prediction would be? Bijan Robinson's going to lead the league in rushing as a rookie. Ooh, wow. So that's my that's my bold prediction. This is a perfect case of an elite player um, at a position where we've seen over the years you can get right in the mix and have an immediate impact. So you've got the elite talent, you've got a really good offensive line, and you've got a coach who understands the run game as well as anybody in the NFL and Arthur Smith. So I think all those things perfectly marrying together. He's not playing in a murderer's road division, uh, so he's going to have a chance to put up some big numbers there in those division games. I, to me, uh, I think this is a monster year for Bijan. I thought last year, if you'd asked me for a bold prediction, I thought Brees Hall had he stayed healthy, would have had a chance to lead the league in rushing, and he, he was darn near on his way before he got hurt. I think yeah. this year we actually see it with Bijan. I made this same prediction a couple of years ago about Najee Harris. Um, it did not play out that way. but yeah. uh, He had a I good year, though. Year. He did, he did, he did. And I just thought because he's at Pittsburgh, it was just a good yeah. fit. I mean, that's a, that's a franchise that always seems to have a good run game. Uh, I love Arthur Smith, and as we talked about them earlier, um, if, if, if he just had quarterback, he's got all those parts around it. That could be a contender in the NFC with good quarterback play. Just good, just Brock Purdy quarterback play, I think would work. Here's the other thing. If you want to look for running backs to target, like in, in fantasy leagues, are you looking for running backs and have big years? One of the, one of the secrets, uh, secret things there, a little bit of the secret sauce. If your quarterback can run, if he can move, that's yeah. huge. Cause you got to count for him. Right. So that's one less guy you got to block because the quarterback can pull it. The, the quarterback's a threat to pull it. You can hold the backside in. Now you've got cutback lanes. I always think that is that is always way underrated when you're looking for running backs. They're going to pop. If you've got the threat of the run at the quarterback position, it makes that a lot easier. Yeah, because a lot of people look at it the opposite and say, well, he steals some of my back's rush yards because he runs mm. so much. Yeah. But to your point, I yeah, but he also uh, takes away a blocker. No doubt. So you're, yeah. you don't need as many opportunities right. to get the yards and touchdowns that you're going to get because you're going to have more explosives. So uh, I think I think it's it's literally teed, it's on a tee for B. John Robinson to have a monster year. Yeah, fantastic bold prediction. I love that. All right, it's going to be a fun season. It starts Thursday night uh, with Detroit and Kansas City, and then a great weekend following that. We'll do this all season long on DJ Football. DJ, enjoy week one. We'll see you next week. Appreciate it, buddy. Looking forward to it. 